Emmett is off again, doing some essays, maybe football, maybe basketball. One thing is for sure, we had buzzer beaters, we had winners, and we had the weepers. What's going on? It's all ahead of us on EuroLeague Sweet 16. Tune in. Great pass from Diamantidis. The lob is done! We go, 40 minutes to a title. David Blue for three. On the mark, David Blue. Now Spinelis drives inside. Looks for the alley EuroLeague Sweet 16, exactly what you need. As ever, we are up on SoundCloud and we are, of course, uh, on wherever you get good podcasts. So be sure to search for EuroLeague Sweet 16 to subscribe and get the episodes as soon as they drop. Hello and welcome to EuroLeague Sweet 16. With me, Moshe from Team Scott. And as always, I'm accompanied by my great friend and co-host. We have Louis. Louis. Lou. He is in the house. He is in the house. And nicely shaven, I have to admit. Babyface is back. Babyface assassin. Oh yeah, that is the most dangerous thing. By the way, uh, what, what, where is Emmett, Louis? I believe Emmett, because his football team got promoted, he is writing, I think, a uh, fifteen thousand word essay on why basketball is still better than football. On any given Sunday and Monday, actually every day of the week, every week of the month every month of the year, and you're getting where I'm going with this. But we had a very, very nice, like, you know, and I'm not going to say it's not, it wasn't a nice weekend. It was the, it was the weekend that was supposed to, how Emmett put it, supposed to, to, to have that separation because of all the differences in our picks. But as it appeared, one shot by William Howard, well, we were all supposed to have five of nine, and it ended up being six of nine for Lewis, who actually won the run. So, Lewis, kudos, first of all. Do you know what? You can't, this championship mentality I have, it's not, it's not about the short game. I, I seen it coming. But, yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't pan out. We, we had so many differences in our opinions this week. This has probably been the most controversial week because, we thought, no, 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 that's never going to happen. And we all got it wrong. Well, yeah, I mean, till now, I mean, yeah, sure, there were 12 rounds, but we made... 99 predictions and a perfect week was none none of us had till now a perfect week but you know what there are things we need to try for and and lewis what month are we in right now we are in the scary months of the season no i mean it's november nobody celebrates the championship in november so don't bloody talk on championship winning in terms of you know what i'm just i'm just setting it early i'm i'm building a nice trophy cabinet behind me for the trophy I'm going to get a nice suit. I'm just, I'm, it's all prepared. But this is the scary month of the season. This, this is where, if you're a head coach and your team are not in forum, you are trimming that Christmas list. And, oh, what, what do the kids want for Christmas? We'll take a couple of big items off there because daddy might not have a paycheck in the new year. I mean, it is Christmas and some will ask probably for new players, some for a few more wins. Not necessarily Lewis taking some gifts off the, uh, the list. But for sure, maybe a couple of wins will enter that, that uh, list. But in the meantime, I think it is time to go to the most inaccurately named segment in all of sports and entertainment today. It is time for the four-minute warning. Four minutes to get through all the action that just happened in EuroLeague. It's the four-minute warning. Okay, Lou, so I have a question. Here's the thing. Till now, I had this vibe feeling that, okay, you know, maybe I've watched way too many games that, you know, any normal person should have watched by now during the season. I, I got this vibe that maybe it's the era of going inside again, you know, the two points rather than the perimeter play. 
And I could have made like a, a decent argument for it. I think all of us even. But did you know the 22 three-pointers were scored between Cheska and Byron? I did not know that. No, but like that's that's actually a good leading because it was nice to see um Cheska back at full front court strength. Yeah, but 77-74. That game had um 66 points scored out of the total of 151. That's interesting. That is. Just for comparison purposes, Fenner and Anadolu combined for 20 in a game that had like a lot more points. That's, that's interesting because I would have said, see if you told me, because I've got the stats in front of me, if you had told me what team would have had the more three-pointers in that game, I would off the, off the top of my head, I would say FS, not a lot of shooters in Fenner. But I'm led to believe Fenner went 11. And Madrid went for eight and they smoked Basconia. So you know what? Like I said, you know, we've seen Unix scores 15. We've seen Olympiacos, like I said, 18, I think. Yeah, Olympiacos said 18, Unix 15. We had 22 three-pointers in a game that had only 151 points scored. Alba scored 15. I mean, you know, suffice to say that maybe I was wrong. I mean, yeah, it is. Like, there's, there's teams. I think the biggest difference this season is there are certain players on certain teams that when they get hot, they get fiery, fiery, infernal hot from deep, and they're just untouchable. So when you talk about Alba, you've got to talk about Swedish Dynamite. You've got to talk about Marcus Eriksson because he, what, what, he went five, five of eight. Yeah, five of eight, 19 points. Like just 20, 22 minutes, 19 points. What, what do you do, Marcus Eriksson? Do you get rebounds? <laughs> nope. Do you get assists? Nope. Steals? Not a fan. Blocks? <laughs> Block what? Buckets. Straight up buckets. That's all he does. He he is. What do you do? I just shoot. Shooter's going to shoot. I mean, true, there is something to that. You know, I'm a shooter, Marcus Erickson. Um, but after the second three, uh, the second three-pointer, or maybe the third three-pointer, you'd have thought to yourself, maybe it's time to clothesline that little bugger. I mean, yeah. You, you, you are thinking at a certain point, like, I, I should probably guard him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, time and again, it kind of didn't work. Yeah, he, he was kind of my guy this summer. Like when you're looking at the deficiencies around the big teams in the leagues, obviously Real Madrid, they've got they've got this issue just now with Randolph Tompkins, the JC Carroll issue, Barcelona, Abrines is injured and they were a wee bit light at the three. Cesca, of course, always always will take a shooter. And even Maccabi to an extent. Like I was really surprised to see Ericsson's Marcus Eric yeah. Ericsson staying with Alba. Because, like, for me, he's just a, okay, when I'm thinking good shooters at an elite EuroLeague level, he's on the list. Yeah, he's not, like, the top, right? He's not the top guy, but he can definitely, coming off the bench, if you have that, like, you know, that that luxury. For teams like Cheska, for teams like, for sure, you know what? Yeah, he's no J.C. Carroll, right? But he's, you know what, he's, uh, I'd say, like, he's a Kyle Kirch kind of thing, maybe a bit more. Yeah, and the fact he's got the size, he's what? He's, he's two meters easy. So you run him on staggers. This is like perfect for the Madrid offense in the J.C. Carroll era. And you know what? You're seeing more of the, the three-pointers created. Like, you know, their Madrid's game right now is more from the outside to the inside rather than from the uh, inside to the outside. And it's something that you're thinking, okay, it's because now they only have like Yabuxele at the four. And it's like he's a completely different player. And you're thinking, okay, What's going to happen when they get Tompkins back, when they're going to get Randolph back? And they need that guard that can help them score the, to make that happen, to, to make that spread. And it's interesting, to say the least. Like, I, I can definitely see him, you know, not staying in Alba next year. That's no, it. no, I think I think he's had, the, how do you say it? It's like Alba where they were never a great team, but they were a good team. 
with yeah. Ato. They, they would they would get results, they would grind it out. And now he's he's doing it on a bad team as well. You know what? I'm I'm not feeling comfortable saying a bad team because when I was, you know, making the articles for the uh, Maccabi Alba game, it like it hit me. If you'll go and, and see their stats, right? Like the Alba stats from all the games, you'll see there was only one player in their front court that played all 11 games prior to the Maccabi game in the front court. And that was in the four position, right? So only Luke Sigma played like all the, 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 the entire 11 games, which was crazy when you think about it. You look at the, at, at the team's games and, and you'll notice Ben Lammers didn't play all 11 games, obviously, not even close. Thiemann, same. Kumaji, same. So, you know, you're thinking to yourself, how, how on earth, even if they got those three wins, I think, that they had prior three, right? Like the yeah, yeah. was, was the, 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 their fourth of the season. And then you're like, okay, so maybe they were not as bad as we thought they, they really were because, you know, no front court guys. That is like straight up no balance whatsoever, not to your defensive end. For sure, not your offensive end. And you're seeing one thing that I did kind of spot and I did kind of say in recent years was the seven, it is the era of seven footers. They are getting to the point where a team that has one, it's a freaking necessity. I mean, Maccabi has, they have Ante Zizic, right? He's just like, he's scraping that seven foot, he's like 213. But then you see you got like Tavares, he's seven two. He's a monster. Yeah. Kumaji, same. I think he's even a bit taller. Mustafa Fall, you, so, you see these guys, they have such an impact on that game. And they are relatively agile. They are relatively mobile. Their lateral quickness is immense when you compare them to the old school kind of bigs that reach those heights. Andy, Andy Thomas, like he's, he's not a, like a physical bruiser. He's not overly fast. He's just a, he's silky. He's smooth. He, he's like, a, he's, a, he's a nice red wine. Is that a bit of this, a bit of that. Oh, no physical play. Not, a cup, not my cup of tea. Brucis, even though he had the build of a bruiser, Brucis was not a bruiser. He, he was a fine Cuban cigar. No, I, I'm just thinking, we're, I'm talking like way earlier than that. Okay, yeah, but I think like recent EuroLeague times, then yeah, you've got like these two. Like, yeah, I mean, when you compare like at the beginning of the 2000s, you see the big, okay, you had the, the mobile ones like Fuchka and then obviously Gasol didn't play that much back then in Europe, but, but still, like, you see, and, and you know, so, I mean, you had those bigs, right? You had the, the Pekovic, the, the Stojko Vrankovic, all these guys that were... Monsters. Yes. And, and obviously Pekovic is of, of, of a later era, but still, these guys, there's something else about them. Um, I don't know what would happen if you put them one against the other. Probably a nice fight. Mortal Kombat style fight, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that, that, that's, that's not a fight where someone comes through with a black eye. That's like a fight to the death. Oh, God, finish him. Okay, yeah. finish this game. Alba, 15 three-pointers. Um, Maccabi are... Uh, Maccabi are in trouble. Like we, we, said, we said it off air, Maccabi are in trouble. They are. They are. And, uh, you know, the immediate explanation is they are 7-5. and five. Comparing to that season last time where they secured a spot in the playoffs, they secured it, by the way, with 19 wins. I'm not even sure this year it's going to be enough because there's going to be... There's already a separation between the upper half of the table and the bottom half. So 19 might not be enough to cut it. Last year it was 17, but still, we're focusing for a sack here on Maccabi. Um, they're 7-5. and five. In the 19-20 season, they were 8-4. and four. So they're saying, okay, it's a game. It's not that bad. You can make up for a game during the season. But five games that they've got left till the end of the first round are the following. They have Madrid on the road, Fenner on the road. 
they have Zenit. You know where? On the road. On the road, exactly. At St. Petersburg. And I think their only home game, games, plural, is Unix Kazan and Anadolu Efes. They are both at a better form. They're not teams you want to be playing. Yeah, especially when you know that Fenner will eventually get a win. Anadolu are getting into crazy rhythm. So unless someone somehow makes Rodrigue Bobois miss his flight to Tel Aviv, then, you know, don't you laugh. Don't you laugh. Such, you know, such things happened, in, you know, in the past. Someone was left outside of an airplane. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, these, these, <laughs> yeah, these things do hurt, L. Um, you did not see yeah. this coming, did you? No, I, I didn't see that segue. But no, I, I, we've spoken about it. I, I personally said, I don't see Maccabi winning a game until January 2022. And honestly, and I replied to him off the air. I said, listen, anticipation-wise, we can anticipate anything from no wins to two wins. Anything above that is a what, Luis? Miracle. Indeed it is. And I think that is a perfect way to, you know, finish it very long, unless you have something else you want to say. Because No, Joe, that, that miracle leads nicely in to probably the, the biggest miracle of the week that kind of flew under the radar. Mike James is back playing for Monaco. And he got injured again. Yeah, I mean, he got injured again. But I, I, we spoke about it last week with Emmett. Did we, after the events of the previous week, we weren't sold that we would be seeing a whole lot of Mike James back in Monaco. You know what? I, I, I think that with Mike James, I said it before, it's like his joie de vivre. It's not the same happy Mike James. Hands down, in terms of abilities, he's number one, perhaps, in a competition. Like, you know, the, that combination of his set of skills is something that, man, it just... Yeah, I mean, th there's a reason all the teams go after him. There's a reason he keeps getting NBA looks. He is an elite-level shot maker. But... Yeah. I mean, this season, his shot's not falling. Like he went five of five of 17 against Alba. Um, not great. He went 0 for 6 from deep. Eey. But, that, that, I mean, that was an entertaining game. And as, as we already alluded to, that was, that was the separator this week in our predictions, was Asphalt Monaco. It was. I mean, inside of the impressive Aris's comeback, where he's getting... He's getting there. Like, you know, that's the thing with Aris in terms of predictions. The dude somehow manages. So it's like, you know, we have to, <laughs> to actually increase that gap. He's, and he's, just grinding, he's just grinding out wins. He's just grinding them out slowly but surely. Yeah. I would take, like, the most impressive thing for me, and, it's, and I've not got a lot to say on this game, was all season we have spoke about how good Asphalt's backcourt have been. The Okobo Jones... That, that combo has just been electric. Asphalt probably got, in my opinion, one of their most important wins of the season without an electric Elia Kobo. He went 11 points, six assists, six turnovers, three of, three of what, 12 shooting, not great. Chris Jones, four of 10 shooting. Again, a lot of turnovers, not great. Willie Howard, however, decided tonight is the night. 23 points, 10 rebounds, 33 PIR. He went off. And of course, Mr. Big Time, he made the shot, the down Monaco in the French Derby. Yeah, that still hurts. That still hurts. Yeah. As it was painful because we thought, oh, yeah, that, like, this is done. Okay. 
pretty even split this week, then bang, Mr. Howard with the dagger. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. not a lot to say on that, but that's, I think, that's a nice segue into... Right, it, it is, but Zvezda Mitrovic, the thing that he said after the game, maybe I'm blind because of the, because of that shot, because, you know, in terms of, of like sound, the, it, it seemed that the buzzer went off right after Howard released the ball. But when you saw the replay, you saw like the the leading the LEDs like yeah. were, were lit up, but then there was like sound of an explanation. I don't know. Uh long story short, that basket counted. I was cursing, assuming, assuming, I can only assume that Aris was doing the exact same thing. <laughs> because you need to understand, Lewis was the only one who picked Olympiacos to win. So, and I was by the way, the only one to pick Unix to win. Yeah. What the meaning of that basket alone is because we've gotten to the last four games and knowing that there's no way that Jalgaris in their current form could take Barcelona, even though Calathis is out for six weeks. Yikes. It's like it was that one game that was worth actually a couple because nobody saw the ass whooping that Olympiacos gave Milan coming. I, I think even Lewis in his wildest dreams because he picked Milan, he picked Olympiacos, but I don't think he saw. Olympiacos of all teams scoring 18 three-pointers in a route of a 21-point win. And Milan, which was their first away win ever this season. So, like I said, he had that one going for him. So, if, 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 William, if Howard, which is, by the way, he, he electrocuted the court itself. He, like, his performance alone overshadowed whatever electricity that Okobo Jones could have provided. That three-pointer killed the oh, the hell with it. Just let's talk. Let's talk Olympiacos Milan. It's too damn painful. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, th- that was. Th- th- this is one of the games I I actually saw Olympiacos winning. I didn't see them. I didn't see them winning in such a fashion. I certainly didn't see. They just they were killing it. Other than realistically, other than Papa Nicola, everyone had a good game from deep. But if I am Milan, I know I like to say it. I am. I am getting very, very close to pressing the big red button because Milan, like so Milan's last three games, they're own three. They're own three. They lost, they lost at Unix, they lost at Zenit, and now they've lost Olympiacos at home. Now, Milano, in my opinion, should be they, they think of themselves as a final four team. At this moment in time, I do not think of Milano as a final four team because these are the games, they're dropping games that they have to win. Like they've lost to Bayern, they've lost to Unix, they've lost to Zenit. I well, get, okay, it's flashing the pan, but they're away to Alba, they're away to Monaco, then they've got Panathinaikos, Real, and then Jalgiris at Jalgiris. I mean, that to me is the type of game that Jalgiris win, just because their duo win is, is in, is in Kaunas. Milano, up and down form. Yeah, like, Milano, they, there's just something, for all the, they look a lot better, ironically, than they did last year, but I'm still not sold. Here's the thing, you know, you brought up the last three games, obviously, which were, you know, losses. And they got whooped by Unix Kazan, right? They they yeah. lost to a, a to somewhat a short-handed backcourt roster of Zenit. I cannot overlook that. No. So on paper, it's like they potentially got smoked three times. And officially, they averaged in the last three games, that's going to be painful for the Milan fans, right? Uh, yeah, they, they averaged 71 points in 40 minutes, having 
he got a lot of firepower. I mean, I know Mitoglu got injured, right? And what was yeah. what, what were his uh, stats still now? Like his averages? 8.3 points, shooting 32% from deep, 60.5% for two points, 4.7 boards, 1.6 assists, and a PIR of 10.7. Yeah, so, so it's just, it's, it's, a tip, it's, it's almost, <laughs> you're not going to like what I'm going to say, it's a better version of Nicola Melli. Nicola Melli's not having the, the Melli size impact I think they thought he would. And here's a weird Milano stat. How many players on that team are averaging double-digit points. Because oh. when you look at that roster, there's some guys in that roster. You've got your Chachos, you've got your Delaney's. They can get buckets. Well, I'm guessing uh, just one. Just one, Shavon Shields. The MVP candidate, Shavon Shields, and he's averaging 13. But for a team that's got quite a bit of firepower, that firepower ain't firing. The thing with Milan, I think, is like you talked about Nick Melli. And we've seen that thing. I know it's going to be, it's going to sound a cliche, but the guys that are coming back from the States, they need that time to get back to their old selves. It is a thing. Listen, it's like, I know. Yeah, it's, it is a thing. No, I'll give them it's a thing, but you, you still expect, I mean, you, you're expecting better than 22% shooting from deep. You are. Like, a three-pointer is a three-pointer. It's not difficult. It is if it's not. At that point. level. It, it, look, it is if it's not the same offensive set that used to make you shine in a lot of ways. Yeah. So now Milano panicking, I would say. I mean, I know obviously Delaney's had a spell out. They've had a couple of like small injuries that's maybe just broke up the rhythm, but three, three losses in a row. And it's, it's not the fact that losing games is EuroLeague, it's competitive, you're going to lose games. It's the how they are losing games. I mean, they've had a couple of beatdowns in there. Yeah, like there were no, they had no answers, right? Yeah. So, and the thing is, if we said about Maccabi that we were worried, you know, right, because of their upcoming schedule, then for Milan, if they don't get at least four wins out of those five games, I'm saying problem. It's the same thing, kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, like, I think Taylor made schedule in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, we spoke about it. It's like there's so many teams that I would put. On the bubble, the bubble, the, bu the bubble is huge this year. This is a sofa-sized bubble, but I think that the biggest issue that's coming, like obviously, we've got a lot of teams that I'm sorry, they just suck. Shout out to Shalgiris fans, Basconia fans, Alba fans. It's just you, you've got a long season ahead. I hope you've got some good Netflix recommendations. But these teams are sneaking a lot of sneaky wins. I like to say against. Against the teams they really shouldn't be beating, your, your Milanos, your Maccabis, because one or two, but like one bad week, if you have a d bad double rounder, you, you are potentially in trouble. Oh, yeah. It's, um, look, you know, we, we talked about miracles, right? So for Milan, it could be a bad miracle, and it, it won't be the first time that it had a bad miracle kind of thing. Yeah. But, but I want to I wanna move on to our, you know, next miracle, and that is Penneth and I was getting a win over Zenit after being down double digits at the beginning, what in a damn hell? I mean, yeah, it's like, I think, I mean, unfortunately, we all agreed, gone are the days where Panathinaikos at home is just, a, it's a like, pencil that one in, safe bet. But, I mean, Zenit, Zenit buckled, shall we say. Zenit did, they, they just flat out, I don't know. Sucked? Yeah, yeah, they did. And I think, with hindsight, because I, I sat and looked at this this morning thinking, 
why, like, we were all so sure on Zenit, 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 Zenit. There's one thing about the Zenit team, for all its talent, that there's probably a bit of an issue. They don't have a lot of EuroLeague experience. Like, when you're looking through that team, especially the guard play, like Jordan Lloyd, he's, he's played some EuroLeague, but I wouldn't call him an experienced EuroLeague player. And then you've got Connor Frankamp, who's done a, he's, he's had a good season, but fairly young in terms of EuroLeague basketball. And to go to a place like Oaka, you need, you, you need a bit of nuance. About, you can't go in with a face like mine. You can't go in with this baby face assassin. You need to go in, beard, maybe smelling of whiskey. Like, yeah, this is, this is a big boy game. That this is a this is a big boy arena, and you need your big boy pants on. Okay, get this: only seven players in that game. Sorry, eight were. You know, I'm feeling comfortable enough to to say that made a rotation. Okay, because only eight played above ten minutes. Um, and okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Not even 10, 16 minutes. Okay, only eight. Um, but look at that list: Denis Zakhalov. Sergey Karasev, Dmitry Kuligan, Billy Barron, Andrei Zubkov, right? Yeah. All these guys scored no points at all for Zenit. And let me correct myself. Gudaitis played 14 minutes and 34 seconds, but two points. Jordan Mickey, nine points. You know who scored like a, a ton of points? Mindy Kuzminskis. <laughs> oh, no, 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 not that. That's not where I'm going with this. I'm talking about Pau's seven-footer, Jorgos Papayanis, 18 points, 13 boards. Yeah. Dominated. Mm-hmm. And, and it was all, almost a perfect night, like, other than some very suspect free-throw shooting, eight or nine from the field. Like, unchallenged. That's, what, that's how I look at it. Like, he's had a good night, but he's been fairly unchallenged at the rim. Come on, two for six. We've seen guys that did worse than that. Yeah, shout out Jan Vesely in Berlin. Ugh. <laughs> oh yeah, that night. Though you really gotta give him that. After, you know, after that night, the following season, he shot like eighty percent from from the free throw line. I'm so yeah. damn. But I mean, talk about like the one game you don't want to go one of ten is probably the final. I think he started with 0, 0 for six, right? That's how it started. That's yeah. where I coined heck a check. Heck a check, but that was also Bobby Dixon almost saved his blushes, but. Shout out, no, no more Bobby Dixon to save Fenner this season. Um, yeah, pa, Pana, like they got, they got the. Remember, we spoke about it really early in the season that they will get some wins based on your Nedeviches, your Papagianis. They will have their good nights. Nedevich, Papagianis, thirty-six points on. Like, I mean, combined, they were nine of ten from two, four of seven from deep, and six of eleven from the line. But yeah, like good numbers, good solid numbers. But Zenit needs help, and they need help quickly. Yeah, or you know, they're just gonna get some rest, and everything's gonna fall into plan. But you know, it, it was a it wasn't a perfect Russian week, in a matter of speaking, because of Zenit. But Unix went to uh, to Belgrade, and not only that, they did something that not a whole lot of teams should be able to do there. They also, I mean, well, they, they just delivered an ass whooping to, to Zvezda. And, and they delivered it early. They, they came out quick. Yeah, they came out swinging. Now, when you have your Mario Hazonia scoring 17 points and Isaac Canan also 17, 
and the John Brown official fan club, right? Thank you. Thank you, John Brown, legend. Uh, so, you know, it's like there's not a whole lot of things you can do. So essentially, you know what, even if I picked Unix for the win, because I thought to myself, you know, they're in a, they're in great form. But it's like, uh, again, you expect to win. You do not expect to whoop. And don't get me wrong, like for the rosters alone, yes, this should have ended like a double digit kind of thing. But 98 is 78. Yeah. I mean, Unix, Unix have are built to deliver beatdowns. They're going to run, press, 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 and just fast moving, shoot the ball as much as we can and hope some of them go in type of basketball. And they are they are going to get results. I mean, we've seen it already this season. They are going to have like freak nights where everything falls. They'll also have the, the nights which we've definitely seen where nothing falls. Oh, l- listen, honestly, they shot 15 three-pointers in 46.9%, which is, that, that is a lot. That is a high percentage. And that is with Lorenzo Brown missing all of his four attempts, with Jarrell Brentley missing his two attempts, and Yanis Tima, again, missing his two attempts. So they, on paper, they're like 15 out of, tw- of, of 24 for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, so when you look through like their shooting splits for the season, they're, they're hitting a bang average. 35% as a team. But in the last few weeks, they seem to be finding a bit more of a rhythm. Like the shots seem to be a bit more stable. There's a, a little the disaster factor has been dialed down ever so slightly. And there's maybe a degree of sensible basketball being played. Okay. A degree. Not not a lot, but a degree. Then I have a request. It's a small request. Yes. You ready? Yeah. Okay, so the following message is for the Unix Kazan players, team, what have you. Let that disaster factor, you know, like rage, hold it inside, all right? Let it grow, let it bubble, let it sizzle, let it, you know, let it just boil to that point where it explode. It explodes even, you know, so majestically, right? So colossally into one of their next games. Because, you know, we, we, we love the fun. We love the chaos. We do. We do. It, it, it's, it's nice to see some sensible basketball, but I, I wanted chaos. I wanted, like, OJ Mayo just got, just, like, I don't know. Like, I wanted him to leave the team. I just wanted, like, just chaos to run. Like, do you know what? No, like, this, this Europe thing, not for me. I'm off. Um, speaking of guys who maybe Europe's not for them, I called it. And you all said I was being dramatic after his, I think it was like three-minute debut. Moutier is out for like five rounds. Come on, bro. <laughs> no, no, no. Not not him. Not him. Bigger. Bigger. I'm going to say this. Kenneth Fareed was a mistake. Wait, so so you, you, you're referring to Kenneth Fareed? Yeah, Kenneth Fareed. I just, I, I can't see him sticking around. So here's it. See, so he's played, so he was a do not play against Bayern and, uh, and a very close win. I think if Darren Hilliards had made both his free throws, that game could have ended very differently. But two minutes against Olympiacos. Best game against minutes. Best game against Maccabi. Yeah, yeah. He said what? He, I, I wouldn't even call it a good game. He, he got a couple of rebounds um, against Maccabi. Maccabi is the only game where he has broke nine minutes. Like I said, best game against Maccabi. Yeah. On whopping shooting splits. 
he so of the 13 shots Kenneth Reed has attempted, he has made three, 23%. He's gone. You, you have to admit, though, that when you look at the Cheska backcourt, how many are law passers that can use his immense athleticism? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, but, I'm just talking for the, the shooting splits, period. I'm not talking for anything else. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, Kenneth Reed, huh? Kenneth Reed. I just, I, it's just, it's an experiment. It's not work. These things happen. Euroleague is not for everyone. Um, especially, especially a Moscow winner. Yeah, nothing. Um, there's one thing, one last thing before we get into the games of the week I wanted to bring up. Yes. And it's, it's Barcelona. It's, it's, it's nothing so exciting. They had a pretty nondescript week. But they did, however, give debuts to two players. The two youngest players to ever play for the Barcelona first team, 17 years old. And for many moons, I have discussed this. Obviously, my co-host and pretty much all of Europe knows where my loyalties lie. In the, green. In, in the jersey behind you. Yeah, and they're green and they're black. And so for a number of years, Barcelona have... They've sucked. They've sucked at a EuroLeague level. For where, where Barcelona wanted to be, they have, we have had many banter years. Shout out your Joey Darcy's, your Jacob Pullins, your... Oh, who was it we were talking about the other night? Jonathan Holmes. <laughs> For crying out loud, yes. Yeah. Just like oh, all these, like, just tell them. But they never, gave, they never gave youth a chance. And Mario Mario never really got a chance at Barcelona. Um, Lucas Samanich never really got a chance. There was a few other bodies there. They just... They weren't bringing guys to the first team. And since Saras has came in at Barcelona... He's gave seven players their Barcelona debuts. Is it seven so? players from La Masia, and he's actually using La Masia. And I think that's that's good to see because obviously Barcelona's youth set up as I mean the facilities are incredible, but is, to actually see that being developed into a first team opportunity is good. It's good to see. Isn't it though a money issue when you think about it? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it may come down to money issue, but I think it's almost like a it's a common sense thing. Like, yeah, we need we need depth. We have all of these. We have all of these kids. Depth. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> I mean, you look at like you look at the success Real Madrid have had under Pablo Lasso, and do you know he's gave debuts to seventeen youth products. How many now? Seventeen. I mean, I, and they're all pretty good. There's not. There's not. There's not many that suck. So wait, let, let's count them, shall we? Okay, uh, I th- I think I could I could give a good stab at it. I think there's probably one or two I'd forget. So, yeah, I mean, there's that guy who he plays for the Mavericks now. He's all right. Um, Basketball, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he's okay. Like, yeah, okay. I, I think he, he 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 might do all right in Euroleague. Um, so you got Luka Doncic, um, Dino Radoncic, now of um, Santa Eusta. Garuba, Garuba. Ooh, that, that's getting... I thought it would get tougher. Like, a lot later. Yeah. Um, so I, I can, I can like, name more recent ones. You've got Tr- Tristan Vucevic, um, Juan Nunez, um, Elian Jai. It's, it's seven. Eight. How eight? No, no. <laughs> I can't that's say. seven. I'm holding up seven fingers. Right? That's eight. But no, I've just, I've just seen myself in the camera and went, oh, no. Oh, man. It's, uh, that's a that's a tough exercise. Um, there we go, there we go, listeners. If you can name that, it is definitely seventeen. It is hundred percent seventeen. Um, but if any of our listeners would like to inform us of the other ten, that would be spectacular. 
But I think um, on that forgetful note, let's forget this disaster of a round and let's move on to our... Wait, debut. wait. Have we really, really gave some thought to, like, you know, the, the debuts? How about Lucien? Was it his debut with Madrid? No, Zaragoza. You sure? I remember him for sure playing with Madrid. Nah, he's Zaragoza. Oh, bloody hell. Okay, wait for it. Um, I can definitely name one more. Do you know who the, the person to ask would be? Because I remember a few years ago, he tweeted about it. Austin Green, who has resurfaced on Twitter. Yeah, until he, like, you know, we I, I see a picture of him holding the newspaper of today. I'm not believing it's him. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's just me being cautious. Just me being cautious. Um, that's all there's to it. Oh, Melvin Ponsar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. I found another one. Yay. So, so we're at eight. We're now, now officially at eight. So if our listeners could fill in the other nine, that would be spectacular. Really could. Damn, it, it, was, it was complicated. More than I yeah, thought. Yeah, I, I thought that was going to be a lot easier than uh, Matteo Spagnolo. What about Suar- Alex Suarez? No, no way. No, bad order. I'm gonna know that. (laughs) I was testing you. Come on. Yeah. Um, Marco Nasic. There we go. I've got ten. I've got ten. So we're done. You know what we should do? We should play this game in our drinking night in Berlin. Yeah, we should. We should. Um, I'm I'm determined to get this. You're scared of this. We're gonna come with the lists. We're gonna come with the lists, and we'll decide who to give them. Two. Oh, I got some for you. Go. Maybe even two could be. How about uh oh no, you never played. Like um, Delarwa Daniel, maybe? Or Herman Gomez Brothers, one of them? Oh no, uh yeah, Hernan Gomez, yeah. Hernan Gomez would have been. Willie. Willie Hernan Gomez and oh no, no one else from that season, I don't think. Um, yeah, Willie Hernan Gomez definitely would have been a debut. That's, that's, that's 11, so we're getting closer. Well, the, the, you know what the good thing is? That we didn't write any country twice. <laughs> and that is the only Friends reference I'm willing to make on the, uh, on the show. So I think it's time, Lou, because if not, honestly, we'll go crazy trying to figure out who is Oh, the- yeah, definitely. So let's go. Games, games of the week. Uh, I, I'm taking a pause on that. That's just an experiment of why you should definitely do your homework and not remember something right before the podcast. It was you to blame because just before... Yeah, that, I opened that can of worms. I done it last week with the whole Scotty thing. Um, I just thought and, I'd throw in another stat there. Yeah. So no more stats. And, and you made him erupt for another 20-plus point game. Good for you. That's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, you said right before the we started recording, it's like, oh, I have this nice thing I have to say. So we immediately started the show. And here's the fun fact. He did not prepare me for what he was about to do with the Madrid thing. So, you know, this is how we're, we're just, we're, we're going with it here on the show. We went rogue. We went rogue. For you guys, every day. Like the the lineups, the, the the lineups are out of the the window from I think season three pretty much. It's all for you just to have this fun, you know, to, for Lewis to try and and, and you know uh, uh, put any kind of of well you know difficulty for me to try and remember something and then I do the same for him. 
And then Lewis comes and then Aris comes and, you know, simply, essentially, you know, just gives the right answer because that's admitted, that's Aris. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lewis, this is a fun fact. You know what it is? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a fun fact. You know what that is? Go. I do believe that what we have here is you sitting down, you're listening. Always. Good. Not a double rounder. 100% not. I, I have the same panic. I'm not going to lie. Have we got a double rounder? No, we don't. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and not because we don't like the, the 18 games. It's just that, you know, if, if and, and I completely support what Luis just said about, you know, us sometimes because we improvise and all of a sudden you bring up something that you are not ready to. Uh, the The last thing you want to you want to do or actually the worst timing to remember or to actually find out that you're in a double rounder is during a recording yeah which See there, done that got the panic button so no nobody did it wasn't during the show it wasn't during the show oh no it was during the week <laughs> week exactly okay so uh yeah let's do this let's go to the games of the week so yeah, I got, got an, a fairly nice split this week. Um, I'll, I'll go first. I actually think I have mine. I'm going to go with for the opening round of games, Real Madrid Maccabi. Ooh, I think that I think that could be a tasty game. I think, I think that could be a nice one. And obviously, Friday night, no questions asked. F is Barcelona. F F is are just hitting form at the right time. Barcelona top of the table they are they are the big dog at the moment i think there could be a wee upset there but my you, co-host isn't has got his finger up which makes me feel that he's going to disagree on me no i'm just i want to up the ante on that one please you know what okay go shane larkin's best games i think we're against barcelona take it from here yeah actually no i, I now you said that yeah i'll take that and shane, shane larkin shane larkin's finding his form he's finding his feet has he found his jump shot barcelona without nick Calathis, I think, I think that could be a really interesting game. Now, now time for my predictions. So, I'm going with Sheska Fenner, unfortunately for Fenner fans, because I think if that went the other way, I'd be new head coach in town. So, yeah, Sheska Fenner, Basconia. Basconia are due a Basconia win, so I think they'll get it as Algiris. Then Bayern, Real, so that's my Thursday night. Now, Friday, oh, Unix Olympiacos, that could be a game. I'm taking Olympiacos there. I'm going to take Efes over Barcelona, Zenit, and then my shock of the week, I think. Berlin and Berlin against Milano, Alba all the way. Marcus Eriksson is going to continue his Moi Caliente form, and Milano are in trouble. Well, Luis, I'm going to ask you for one last thing. Go. Put on your dancing shoes, because Shane's about to break a dance against Barcelona. Oh, a man of confidence. Yes. Shane, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I mean, I know you, you danced on the floor against them a few times, but, you know, as it appears, the jinx this year, the sixth season of the show, it's getting, uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely getting uh, worse. So, you know, if, if it happens, no, it's because of Lewis. Um, and Lewis did not take it lightly. I swear to God, he's signaling to me, I'm going to kill you later. Straight up. John yeah. Brown fan club, we are coming for you. Bring it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, your games of the week, obviously, F is Barcelona. 
in in yeah, Maccabi Madrid. That's easy. Uh, I'm gonna pick Cheska. I'm gonna pick Fenner. Yikes! I'm going Joggeries actually. Um, Bayern Madrid Olympiunix. <laughs> That's a uh, tough one. Yeah, it is. Who you took? Remind me. I I, I took Ollie, but. I'll it's take, only because I think Unix have got to run out of firepower eventually. Yeah, so I'll take Olympiacos as well, Anadolu Efes, Zenit, and it's like, I, I want to say Milan, but I'm not confident enough after what we've seen from them. Right? Yeah, I mean, I've got the same issue. Like, Alba, it's, it seems like the type of game, especially in Berlin, Alba would win. You know what? I know Milan are going to win this one, though. Oh. I'll take Alba. <laughs> so there we have it. There's our games of the week and our picks. As always, 100% accurate-ish. Heavily on the ish. It's a, it's a side of ish. It's, uh, it's uh, very much predictably unpredictable. So yeah, there we have it. So as this show is coming to an end and our millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of listeners are, you know, getting that feeling of, you know, because it, it, look, sometimes the sound of goodbye, it's stronger than any drumbeat. I should really send you that song. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, another episode is coming to an end. So, you know, in the meantime, if you're, you know, if you just want to see where Amit is at, you know, if you're feeling like it, uh, so there's the Ball in Europe, various social media accounts, also the ballinyeurope.com website. Go follow, go watch any good stuff over there. There's also the, you know, our Barkas for Aris Barkas of Your Hoops. Also great stuff to read there. Follow him as well. And Louis, where can we find you, my dear laddie? You can find me as always at Half Glenny on all social media platforms. And probably, oh, actually for the next week, and I go through this in. I have resisted so much in our group chat not to bring up the smackdown that Great Britain laid on Greece. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, and that was Lewis, where you can find him at Hap Glenny on Twitter, by the way. And maybe you can find me outside of Lewis's window right now looking at him. <laughs> <laughs> he actually looked. <laughs> oh yeah. Gotta got be sure. Gotta be sure. <laughs> You know what? If Emma was with us today, or Aris, I swear to God, this would have not—that wouldn't have happened. Like they would not have let let me do this to you, and you do this to me. They they let they let the inmates run the asylum this week, so <laughs> it happened. Yeah, so I mean, you can always find me uh, uh, at Moses B One and I'm Team Scout uh, on Twitter. There's the Moses B One on Instagram, and of course, there is also the website itself. And um, yeah, what, what's that, Lewis? We, we have another account, is it there? Right? Oh, yeah. And the show, of course, has an account now. Go follow, share with your friends, share with people you don't like. Follow, 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 like, like, like. And of course, you can always find us in all good podcast places. Which is, first of all, at ELSwit16show. That's the handle on the Twitter account. We have it on Apple Podcasts. We have it on SoundCloud. We have it on Anchor. And we have it on that that thing remember that green and black kind of thing that, that is behind you lou 
Yeah, we do. We have it, of course, on Juventus. But I'm just kidding. We have it on Spotify. <laughs> God damn it, Luis. Will there be an episode without a Juventus uh, uh, Barcelona uh, reference? Uh, probably not until they get knocked out of the Euro Cup. Then that, that jersey's coming off the wall. And I'll, I'll get something else up. I'll get a Scotland flag or something. Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> That's good enough of an answer for me. So One disappointment to another. Yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> So, um, till next time. Great pass from Diamantidis. The lob is There we go. 40 minutes to a title. David Blue for three. On the mark, David Blue. Now Spinellas drives inside. Look for the Corey Higgins just exploding. EuroLeague Sweet 16. Exactly what you need.